Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Hello and welcome back to Soft Black Woman presented by The Betches Up. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade. And on Soft Black Woman, we talk about a range of topics from pop culture to politics, you know, to how we live our lives, of course, through the lens of intersectionality. Just a reminder for those of you who may have missed our last couple of episodes, Soft Black Woman is getting its own podcast feed in the new year, and you can subscribe to it now. Be sure to search for Soft Black Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and hit the follow so you don't miss a new episode uh, when we come back in January. So this is the last episode of 2023, uh, which is wild, last episode. So don't worry. Again, I'll be back. In January, we'll have lots of fun guests. It'll be awesome and amazing. As you know, I have to go off and be a soft black woman for the rest of the year. And then we'll get back into collective softness in January. But as for today, I'm very excited to introduce my guest. She's wildly talented. She's a content creator. She's a financial hype woman and proud author of Money Out Loud, all the financial stuff no one taught us. Thank you so, so much for having me. I feel surreal. I sort of, ever since the book came out, I feel like an untethered astronaut, just sort of like floating in space. Like just, <laughs> and in goodness and intensity and just full of, I'm up and down like interest rates, man. It's it's all over the place. <laughs> Oof, those interest rates are no joke. I'm so glad I bought my home when things were really low. Like I'm glad I locked yep. into that. Stay there, never leave. Because these seven percent exactly it's real painful but i'm psyched to be here and so honored to be closing out the year with you yeah thank you um right back at you honored i i have on my tubman hoodie for you i will always have my tubman hoodie on (laughs) for you because it just embodied you so much like women of color and finance bipoc people immigrants making money i mean Okay, so I'm going to back it up just a second. For those who may not know, I had the incredible honor and pleasure to be your sensitivity editor on your wonderful Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was the honor is all mine 100%. It it really needed 
my God. Yeah, it's an honor circle. circle. I just honor Uno, Uno reverse back and forth. <laughs> mm. Yeah, just a Ooh. wah, wah, wah. Ooh, yes. Just Kamehameha back at you. Yeah. And building that book, yeah. Money Out Loud, I mean, it couldn't have been what it is without you. And so I'm just, I'm psyched to be connected. Yeah. No, we can't do that. That's, it's too early. Receive. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to be a soft black woman. I'm going to receive it. I, I love this book so much because uh, wherever anyone is with their money, they're able to find something that resonates. But because I'm also first gen and a child of an immigrant, there's a lot of things in here. And I was like, mm. right. Yes. I'm also a child of divorce. Mm -hmm. so, mm. Mm. Yes. Lots of and like that financial trauma. Yeah. That comes up and you know, when to spend, not to spend guilt. We have so, it's much, so much. I mean, when we talk about our financial identities and like mm -hmm. our money story, as I say in like the first chapter, we realize there's so many layers to it. It's not just like, I'm so-and-so and I'm bad with money. Like that phrase, you can like open it up like an accordion. There's so much to it. Like your family history, your cultural history, right. your traumatic history, your childhood, the climate, the political climate, all of it. Yeah, and then also when you are going from like, one tax bracket oh. to the next or one salary to the next and what that that means and this urge we have to like sometimes tap into white dominant yes. culture and want to be able to do these things and then we realize like oh we can't necessarily sustain them I mean we can we just needed to have an approach or process to get there not just like you know make yes it absolutely it's it's such <laughs> a specific like first second gen thing too of just like my salary is changing my access to wealth is changing Oh, there's guilt. Guilt came in the package of uh, mm -hmm. of increased wealth. And like, okay, I think I know how to increase it another way. Why does it feel icky? Do I have to decolonize my financial brain? Oh my gosh, there's so much to it. And that's why I really love your book because I think, which is why you do what you do on your platform, which is incredible. It's providing a role model and example of a BIPOC person, of a woman, of a woman of color, all your points of intersectionality to talk about things that can be really sticky yes. and uncomfortable. Um, and how to work through those th through those things and, and also to find financial power, you know, like within oneself, but also the bank. A hundred percent. I mean, it, start, it starts from the inside out, but also, you know, you know this, and we talk about this all the time. We are born into the crappy monopoly game called capitalism, and money is a thing we have but to no, deal with. No. What is capitalism? Not it's not real. real and it runs our lives. I mean, we are all able to pay for just, everything. But I think that's really interesting too, because as businesswomen ourselves who have our, you know, little mini empires and what we're doing, we have to think about what that money also looks like too. What are our financial goals as business owners? How are we wanting to obtain goals or not? And if we do, does it mean uh, we're this or not this? And, you know, there's just I mean pain that's because you're the FBI agent in my phone. This is These are the things that I'm constantly unpacking with my business coach and my therapist of like, if I want to build a business, <laughs> yeah. I see the girl boss trademark way to do it. And a lot of that path makes sense. And a lot of it does not make sense to me. It doesn't feel good in my body how I want to reach these goals, but how do I do it while still being able to sleep at night and you know honor my ancestors and honor myself? And that is not easy to do as a BIPOC woman, as, as just someone like who's mission driven like you and has goals and yeah. wants to uplift community and wants to take care of yourself and be soft at the same time. So, I, I would like to do all those things. I mean, mm. I'm on a Forbes list as yeah. many people know, which, 
you know, there's certain requirements to get on a Forbes list, which I'm very proud of, but the pressure of having to make a shit ton of money every year did not mm-hmm. serve me <laughs> at all because then I automatically, you know, a lot of this is dependent on how white people viewed me or yes. how they wanted to work with me. Um, I haven't been able to have a, a business model ever since the murder of George Floyd because it's inconsistent. Like what comes in is inconsistent of whatever's happening exactly. situationally in society. So I had to deal with a huge amount of grief um, and a huge amount of failure for not having a repeat year when we had a recession, non-recession. And so I had to do a lot of work also with my therapist um, to say like, you know, a win for me, a goal for me is making sure everyone on my team gets paid. Everyone on my team gets paid very well. Everyone on my team is able to have some type of bonus that I can't always Mm -hmm. promise year end and that I will get at least half my salary. And if that happens, because when you own a business, it's not about you are the one who's always sacrificing then that would be the win. I could just pay my business yes. expenses. And that has definitely changed the perspective for me um, of how I deal with not only capitalism, but you know that financial independence, being a business owner, being a first-gen kid, a black woman. Oh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to your pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants, additional terms, and fees apply. We're here to talk about the culture. And this, and let's do it. This next segment is called mm-hmm. For the Culture. This is the part of the show where we examine some of the top trending pop culture and media headlines. And our first subject of today is oh, Don't Ask Trump. Favorite. <laughs> the racist Trump. Wait. No, sorry. No, that right. doesn't that sounds right to me. Uh, sexist Trump. No, wait. Yeah. Dim, yeah, mm, I like homophobic it. Trump. Trump. all the boxes. Okay, cool. We love a multi-hyphenate, <laughs> don't we? He, uh, <laughs> love one. Mm, Oh my God, it's just like slashing left and right of all the isms and obias, just really into it. So <laughs> a judge found um, that Trump committed oh, fraud did he? Uh, in building his real estate empire. What? Everyone's like, gasp, <laughs> gasp, <laughs> didn't see this coming. So uh, he committed fraud as he built his real estate empire, which we all know he mm-hmm. talks about all the time. And that tarnishes the former president's oh, image oh. as a business titan. Oh. Um, and to strip him of authority to make major decisions about, you know, future of his like marquee properties oh, in his home state of so New York. Sad. Right. Aww. So this order happened on Tuesday. It rescinds the business licenses oh. as punishment. Slap. As a timeout. Um, which can make it, oh yes, I felt that, um, which can make it difficult or impossible for some of Trump's companies to operate in New York. Uh, if not successfully appealed. So, you know, Trump's team of attorneys, mm-hmm. um, they have vowed, okay? They have oh, vowed the to Shake appeal. Um, calling this decision, you know what this decision is, Berna? Oh, it's amen. <laughs> amen. It is part of a campaign to just really fuck up his second bid, oh, you know, for a presidency. No, and it was going so well. 
It was just going so oh, well. well. Also, it's the third, so they don't even know that it's the third time he's running. First right. time he won, second We're time he lost. This the, is the third time. They reset so, every time. Really yeah. good at the numbers. Really good at the numbers there. Um, yeah, so... You know, you you are a money person. You are mm-hmm. a business owner. Um, not having a business license does prevent That'll do legal it. business. That'll do it. Does this warm you this up inside? really, I mean, it kind of makes me flash back to, you know how like <laughs> in the 90s and like early 2000s, there were lots of sitcoms where would they like you'd make, you'd hear Trump-esque jokes. Trump would even come on as like, oh, a cameo Papa. because he was like, he was the American businessman at the time. And I think- like myself and so many other millennials, I have been deep in nostalgia dives. And like, I'll just see a Trump, a Trump mention, but a positive one. Or Trump himself come up and do like a fun little cutesy cameo. And I'm like, oh, ha- I like have the mighty fallen or have the mighty just gotten scarier, bigger, like just sort of more Thanos-like. And so it's just wild to me that once upon a time, he was such the the American businessman that like he could poke fun at himself and American sitcoms. And now he is even more famous for much more backwards reasons. And so I'm just, this, this, this was y'all's king once upon a time. You know what I mean? This was the king. And is, and is unfortunately, you know, because even with all of the shit that he's going through, he's still Still front runner. runner. I mean, still like digging the heels, those who follow him are just digging their heels in. And it's, just like that 80s, 90s yes. sitcom. <laughs> They're like, oh, appearance. He's here. He's, here. he's our celebrity. Yeah. I mean, it really, it makes me think about how cults work. It makes me think about how mm-hmm. the fundamental, the group think of things mm-hmm. and how like so many, so many flags, so many injunctions, so many accusations of fraud, so many arrests can be made. And they're like, that's still my man's though. That's still my man's. Yeah. Mm. That's that's what yeah, that's what's not mine to be Someone's. very clear, but that's people like oh my god he can do no wrong like heart eyes looking at you know the multi hyphenate truly I mean, it it tires me I have to say it's yeah. I'm in a cycle where I know that like election year is coming up and we are going to be forced to look at things like this all the time um, and I I'm I'm pre tired even hearing news about this like th- this kind of I'm like I. I haven't had it in me to care about what Trump has been up to on a daily level um, because so many other things have taken my, uh, taken our like collective attention. So hearing this, I'm like, oh, all right. Okay. It's just put it on the board. I'll review it later. It's like, it's like the bad kid got detention again. Whatever, man. Okay. (laughs) Let's just let it go. Cute little slap on the wrist. I'm just curious to see how white supremacy is going to show up in all of this and what's going to happen in the appeal mm-hmm. process. Um, because he hasn't had any accountability. I'm waiting for accountability to happen. Will it? Yes. I don't know. Is all of this just noise to kind of set him up as like, this is this is his Taylor Swift reputation era, you know, of just like, I'm a, I'm a bad, they hate me. I'm a bad boy. Look at, look at us just like, just. Ugh. Well, if we're using a Taylor's, Swift reference. It should be. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. 
I am the problem. It's me. With a lot of pride, though, that's the most annoying thing I think about Trump for me these days is that he's like, Mm -hmm. that's right. I'm like, now I'm just like, it's just fluffing up the like me against the world and us against the world, y'all. They're trying to throw injunctions at me. They're trying to accuse me of fraud and we're going to make it through. And I'm like, and I swear to God, if this story ends. And, you know, he's fighting. He's fighting, you know, to keep all of the stuff he shouldn't have (laughs) and the status he shouldn't have. I mean, I just, okay, I can't even believe I've talked about Trump this long, so we're going to move on because I cannot stand him. I just cannot. But in the vein of sitcoms, though, um, hashtag hot strike summer is over. I think it's hot strike. Hot strike fall. Fall, though. I think think fall is happening, but the WGA strike is over, which is so So exciting. Um, The WGA... Uh, release some details of their um, MOA or, or memorandum of agreement. And it's exceptional. It's meaningful. There's protections for writers in every sector of the membership. Um, although the exact language hasn't been released, there's some mm-hmm. good stuff in there, including increases in minimum wage and compensation, increased pension and health fund rates, improvements to terms for length of employment and size of writing teams. And it's important to know that writing teams is a has been a thing that's been on the mm. decline in recent years. And a lot of it is due to streaming and having like these kind of like pop-up shows, these quick little shows that, you know, pop up. And so um, some more um, protection and improvement around that, mm-hmm. better residuals. And we know residuals is another way to say royalties including foreign streaming residuals, which I think is fantastic because I don't know, like I notice that Netflix is giving me a lot of Dutch and Danish shows. And I'm like, oh, a lot of K dramas on mine, a lot of Chinese dramas. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. Which I love because I, I love learning about different cultures, whether captions or dubbed over. I'm really into it. So now the thing everyone has been talking about is AI, artificial intelligence. And so the um, agreement uh, doesn't prevent writers or productions from making use of generative AI, but prohibits using software to reduce or eliminate writers and their pay. So a writer can choose to use AI when performing writing services if the company consents and provided that the writer follows applicable company policies. Um, but the company can't require that a writer to use AI software. So like chat GPT uh, when performing the writing services. So. It's super wild. I was was listening to a podcast earlier this week that this was the part that the sort of final strike discussions, like this part took the longest. This is like the final thing that they needed to discuss and chew on the most. And how like a year ago, this was maybe in sort of more on the back burner for writers and folks in the entertainment industry. And now it's like Mm -hmm. the one thing that actually held up this part of the strike. And I, I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm sure writers have been terrified and this seems like a massive win to thwart our yeah. robot overlords from taking over just yet. Oh, yeah. Scary. Oh, Scary. <laughs> yes. Overlords. The robots. I mean, listen, people need to be paid yes. for their money. And as much as we advance with technology, which is great and it's important, we know that technology means the elimination of sure. certain skill sets, people, craft, as writers ourselves, writing is really important. Like I get that you can go and tell chat mm-hmm. GPT how and what you want or the theme or the vibe and tell me a story about whatever, but writing yes. is an art form. 
And it's something to be incredibly proud of as an author yourself. Soon, I mean, I am an author, but mm. my book's not out yet. But when it's out, then yes, then you're an author already. When you're you an, author. an author. You're writing. You've been writing. You're an author. I guess when you turn your manuscript. I mean, I've, I've been a writer, but like the author title, it's like author, you know, it's author. like all caps. I know. And it's like 75% yeah. <laughs> vowels too. So you have to like breathe it. Right. Oh. Breathe it, breathe it out. But I, I mean, writing is such an art form. Like my sarcasm and humor yes. comes from me. I don't want it to come from an AI process, but we have to make sure that we keep this craft going and having writers is one way to do that, to continually Absolutely. tell stories. And storytelling is so important for so many reasons, but particularly and selfishly um, for mm-hmm. for BIPOC people, since our stories tend to yes, be silent. Yes, hundred percent. And storytelling, this is where I start to get a little scared, a little little fight or flight, because I hear stories about how, like, if you feed Chat GPT enough stories, it can be a story. Basically, if you feed Chat Chat GPT enough anything, oh, yeah, it sure. becomes human like, mm-hmm. and the it horrifies me to think that one day we are going to be getting what's so good about storytelling, which is the humanity individual stories that we all have. We can be getting that from essentially like a robot slot machine. And even if that's the truth, I'm like, can we, can we slow it down? I think part of the difficulty I imagine with the strike and like these AI discussions is like, no one was prepared for this to happen this quickly. Like, I know lots of people, even in the financial mm-hmm. education sector and like financial content creators who are like, we love ChatGPT to help us make like outline scripts or outline blogs. And there's been some like, okay, there's some good, there's some bad, but not, it was it was all going too quickly, I think. And I'm really, really glad that the strike was able to just be like, pump the freaking brakes. You know, maybe there's ways to use yeah. this as a useful tool, but like, we're not ready to have it speak our stories for us. We're not ready to have it take over our salaries. No, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I always love activism and coming together and value of employees, employees feeling like they can belong and evolve with what's happening yeah. with technologies. Uh, it's super, super important. I'm also happy that this hopefully will be a precipice or example, a role model for the actors who are on strike right now, too, because they are still also dealing with technology yes. and, and AI and streaming, all that other stuff. Um, writers shouldn't have to be in a position where they have to have multiple jobs to do something that they're talented at and something they love. They should be able to sustain their life like they did during the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s with, you know, sitcoms. You had 26 episodes. You did that for the year. You had the mm-hmm. summer off. You're back, you know, and you were able to have seasons. But because there's so much saturation and people want to be all over the place with what they're watching, it's harder to have the TGI Friday. My Thank God, God it's Friday. That. The like you prime know, time Thursday night. Classics. And it makes me wonder. Family yeah. matter. Oh my. Yeah, all of that. Well, like you would totally. actually stay home and it was banger after banger after banger. And it makes me wonder like oh, totally. that, that part of life, right? We evolved from that because of streaming. And it. I always think, and I wonder what your take is too on just like how much evolution can I take at once? How much of what's happening is just like the natural evolution of art and entertainment and and the economy? Mm-hmm. And like how how fast are we going to go before we pump the brakes, right? Like sometimes I look at things happening with AI and I'm like, mm-hmm. is this just me being like approaching my mid-30s and being the like 
person shaking my fist on my lawn being like, whereas like, we know that change is inevitable, but it just seems to be spinning out of control. But I always try to temperature check for myself of just like things, things change. We know that things change. Um, To what degree am I just being like just an old fuddy duddy? (laughs) And to what degree do like where, Mm -hmm. when and where do I embrace technology as a tool? Um, But of course the hard line is we should still be able to make a reasonable living off of the work that we do full time. Now that we're both authors and writers, isn't it so clear now why authors used to have that used to be a full time freaking job? It is consuming. And this is just one book at a time. So people who go through cycles of writing and seasons, I can imagine it's so intense. It is so I don't even know how I did it. I don't know how I did it, but I did, and I me That's wrote right. every word. That's right in the book. Writer, writer, soon to be author, am mm-hmm. author, whatever. So interesting enough, I think one thing to note as we kind of wrap up hot strike summer is that also this week President Biden joined the UAW mm-hmm. workers, so United Auto Workers, and Trump is going to talk to them too. But who cares about Trump? The point is. <laughs> The UAW workers are asking for like 40% increase in pay and I, you know, pay them, pay them. But it's important to know this is the first time in history that we have Mm. a president visit and like in solidarity with union Mm. strikers and then someone else who's running. And so this is just like what you were saying earlier. It's a taste of what's to come with this as we get into the full election year, um, as we roll into January. Mm. But, um, someone's president not necessarily mine but i do have respect for it taylor swift dictates the future right of so many things and people taylor has had a wonderful summer with the heirs tour um and uh also wearing uh, one of my clients hill house home which i'm really proud of and also Doan, another go. one of my clients. So that's cool. Um, yeah, these are things important to me. That's how I get excited <laughs> about Taylor Swift. She's like, adorable. I got a stake in the game a little bit. Get um, it, Taylor. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, you know, hmm. was it me? <laughs> Definitely not. But I'm happy to be affiliated with the brands. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, the game that was oh heard around the world, Travis Kelsey, plays for the Chiefs and... One could debate if that's still culturally appropriate it. or not, don't but uh, don't love it. Don't don't love it. But Taylor Swift was in, you know, in the the VIP suite, the box, eaten seemingly ranch. That's my new name, seemingly ranch. With Travis, oh yes, Travis Kelsey's uh, mom. Yeah. Um, Swifties did not know what the fuck to do. They didn't know what to do. They were doing this thing <laughs> called football. They were googling what is the NFL. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey's jersey was formerly 19. That weekend, there was a 400% spike. Of course. He's top five. Of course he is. They're like, I need the jersey because they're totally going to be together. There's like TikTok things out there saying like his number is 87. So and her number is 13. So it's like 100%. So it's perfect. <laughs> Swifty like, math wow. is incredible. It's truly wow. incredible. This is why I'm a like a Beyonce advocate because I can't do that. I can't. That's too much time and energy. I just cannot. I'm an advocate for Beyonce, but I can't. Like I love the yes. Beehive, but I can't. I need them to tell oh me. Oh my I gosh, need to know. I can't. But that's go part and of Swifty lore. As a person who is, I, I I do call myself a Swifty. I have resisted it for many many years, 
And then every year at the end, Spotify wrapped. Okay. Wait, just say, I it, say it out loud. Hi, I am. Burna. And Spotify wrapped okay. was the first to, to okay. gather me and be like, stop denying the fact that you're not a Swifty. Look at, look at how she tops your charts. <laughs> stop it. You need to <laughs> just embrace it. One of the things about like, fandoms is that as we know now fandoms all have sort of their own vibe their own lore their own traditions their own kind of personality and the thing with the swifties is that they are all about the conspiracy theory they're all about the the numbers mean this and taylor swift herself or her team sets things up album releases song releases they there's like little bits and pieces and like easter eggs everywhere that's supposed to drop, like they purposely drop little hints of things. And so Swifties are just used to being like, mm -hmm. this poor, poor Travis Kelsey and like his fandom, they're like, what is all this math? And Swifties are over here at the whiteboard with the, the numbers and the lines right. and the conspiracies. You'll be married by this yes. date. The probability of, you know, it's like, I mean, personally, I think it's a lot. I, I do like how they tend to be Travis and Taylor like into each other. The Swifties are also happy that he's taller than her. So <laughs> exactly. that's, that's, a, I guess, a it's win. It's a win. Um, but he, after the, <laughs> it's a win. After the game, they had a, he rented out a restaurant to have a private dinner with like teammates, family and friends. And um, apparently she's going to the game this oh weekend. God. So for those of you, it's it's called the National mm -hmm. Football NFL. League. NFL. Plays for the mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. So that is what you may yes. be watching um this weekend just to be a, a good swifty taylor um, watch <laughs> travis and his brother they have taylor watch have a cute little podcast and um his brother was like you know taylor swift put you on the map now here's here's what i i need everyone to know travis kelsey is fine as fuck okay. and i have been looking at him sure. for years me personally i'm surprised because because he has um a higher probability mm -hmm. of dating black women who have um, gotcha. ass and titties, mm -hmm. much like myself. Not to say that Taylor you doesn't can have those it. things. I'm a Swifty. You it's can just say not... it. We know. We all have eyeballs. Okay. Straight up and down. Uh, straight, straight up, up and, and down. down. Yeah. Straight up and down. So I'm, I'm, I'm personally a little heartbroken. <laughs> For the ass um, and titty sector of the world. Because <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, totally. Because he was on my to-do list. You know what I mean? If I had an well, opportunity. Not, you never know. Something you I know, like do. Taylor Swift, she had just still just recently got out of a long relationship for me i'm just like i love this for her they're my they're my reality TV. i don't i don't think as a swifty i don't think you can say that i think you have to say it works because 87 oh my god see I'm, I'm not like a mathematical swifty yeah. i don't have like the math and phd swifty <laughs> algorithm art uh i to me this like whole travis kelsey taylor so i'm just like this is good good for them let the let the pretty rich kids play let them do the thing it's to me it's my it's my reality tv it's my junk oh my food god. and i like to they're TNT. They can be that song, the TNT oh song. Gosh. The the TNT. It's like the hard yes. rock metal song. I I'm not I'm not wide enough to know <laughs> the name of that song, but I do know they say TNT in it. So if anyone wants to tell me what that is, just slide in my DMs. You know mm. who I'm over though? Mm. Drizzy. Yeah. Drake. Or as I like Aubrey. to call him Aubrey Graham. Don't get me wrong, he has some bobs. Yeah. Aubrey. Mm. I like to call him Aubrey. Um, to remind him where roots. he came from, mm -hmm. which was Jimmy. Came from uh, Jimmy. Um, so we talked about it last week. We talked about um, Slime You Out and how he put Holly Berry on the cover of the single and she said no and mm -hmm. he didn't give a fuck. But this guy, Aubrey. this guy, this guy, this guy has a lyric 
And a song. It's not great. That says, you got my mind in a terrible place, whipped and chained. You like American slaves. Wait, should I say it like Drake? You got my mind in a terrible place with a chain. You like American slaves. (laughs) Anyway, it's been met with controversy because, um, you know, it's like, I don't, I mean, personally, (laughs) slaves, not for me. Nope. Um, It's not for me. Yes. Not for me. He also couldn't use an enslaved um, to be more culturally appropriate, right? Um, and provide value. But it's it's the the whipped and chained like American slaves. I was like, what? What is this? Canada showing us? Is this the, the beautiful Canadian racism? Is this that sort we of know like of? A, a type of a type of Me Too of just like hold up? You know, black folks weren't the only people who were enslaved. Hold up, it's just it. I don't know. Do you think that Aubrey did this on purpose? Do you think that he loves the fact that we? are all now like, oh, now we have to like break down the the syntax of the, because how could you, how could you do this without knowing that people are going to rip you apart? Like he didn't have a sensitivity editor. It I seems. just, who was, who was in, the, in studio? the studio? Okay. That's how we say it. Who was in the, the studio? studio? Who was in the studio? And who was like, oh shit, that's fire. Do it. Or like, I'm just imagining yes. someone being and then like, like, oh my okay, God, so that's spicy, Drake. Do it. They're going to love it. Ooh. Like, just like, so yes. they're going to hate you and love it. Mm. I mean, you know, if you can say, you know, shit that's provocative, it gets the people going as Will Smith. No, that's not Will Smith. Will, who said that? It's provocative. It gets oh, the people oh. going. Oh my gosh. It's pro- it gets the people going. It's provocative. Why are we not doing yeah, it's from the skating movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's provocative. Right? Is it it's like a song lyric that's not leaving my, leaving my brain. Well, we know yeah. who we, anyway, white dude. Yes. Um, oh my God, it'll come to me later. I will announce it when it comes to me later. But this is like, okay, slime you, slime you out. You have controversy right. with the cover. Slime you out. You have this whipped and chain thing. And so I just like, Drake is getting on my nerves. I feel like I went to his last tour because I was trying to, Sure. Have feelings or do yeah. something for myself. And I like went by myself and I was like, oh my God, this yeah. tour is trash. Sorry, not sorry. And I've seen him several times before. I've had wonderful experiences, but it was just like he was really in his feels and I feel like he's trying to find himself and there's like self hate or maybe he's trying to figure out who he is as someone who is mm-hmm. black and white and wanting to have power and dominance and control and feeling like, you know, on top of the world and all this comes out. He's like, I can say whatever I want. I can do whatever I want with pictures or images because like I'm top of food chain. I'm motherfucking Drake. I have a, I have a jet. I, I have guess a but it, jet. it makes me think of like, you know, when you spin a top and then it starts to spin too out of control and starts to wobble. Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell. <laughs> sorry. Well, you had the first part, right? We just needed to change a lot about the second, who the person would yes. be the second part. Exactly. It's that's that my, <laughs> My question is, is he being provocative on purpose or are we watching a person, are we watching a top spin off into chaos? Because like, where is the, why is there no therapist before we go into the stew? Like these things could have been worked out. He's a black man. Black men and, and therapy don't, don't go, go hand, hand in hand. So they have to work it out in front right. of us like this? They don't go hand in hand. Like, <laughs> it's black. Yes. Through, <laughs> through song lyrics. I mean, you know, he has the Megan Stallion stuff that he's gone through. There's a lot of hate that's coming towards like mm-hmm. black women from him and and there's like again internalized hate that's coming out as well like i mean i i think he's a wonderful candidate for therapy like even some of his rants that i saw on this last tour i was like yeah you know that couch that you have on stage with your younger self 
I feel like that should be something Delay. you do with your therapist of how you're talking yes. to your younger self to like break that down because fame is a motherfucker and it will get you into a whole yes. other place. And if you don't have people around you, which we can know from this lyric, who are humbling him and level setting him, we're going to see a crash and burn, you know, and then hopefully it'll be like a, you know, he learns from nice. it, builds, but I, I don't want him to go down the yay. That's uh, exactly. I'm path. looking down into the hallway and being like, we don't, we know what that's like. It's still unfolding in front of us. And does it need to go in that direction? Still, or is it no. the kind of thing now I'm, I'm always having meta thoughts of just like, is he the kind of person that's just like all fame is good fame and all exposure is good exposure? Because for someone like that, who started, started from, from Jimmy and is from the, the bottom, bottom and now and he now is he's here, here specifically. I tried really hard not to, but I'm really glad that you completed the cycle for us. I was like, it's not a, it's not a, it was like a, it was like a urge. Started from the, just came right Somewhere. out of me. Came out of my body. But if you're someone who started from Jimmy, started from the bottom, here can never end. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it can't fall off. Yeah. We saw him graduate from Degrassi. Like, you know, like, don't get me wrong, Drake has done some incredible things and done things that some rappers will never be able sure. to achieve. And I like his little emo side when he has feelings. I think that's important to see. But he needs to have those emo feelings with the therapist and stop harming. He has too much black of a platform woman. to be just like just, spraying it all about like a random sad SoundCloud rapper. It's the youth. They well, that's what's scary the too, because they're the they're youth. seeing that and they're like, well, if Drake can get away with saying things like that and feeling things like this out loud, then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my teacher. Power. Really? Influence, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna whip and chain yeah, my yeah. I'm oh, punch man, the bus driver. About that. But you know mm. what the youth don't know the joy of yes. that NSYNC may be coming back. Oh, I felt it in my joints. Now, where are you? Are you Backstreet Boys NSYNC or until I die? What, what are set did you, you claim? kidding me? All right, good because I it would have ended this podcast. I'm Team NSYNC. God, all I mean, day. because you have a brain and a heart, and your eyes work and your ears work. It just never. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell now. Mm -hmm. If this is just an allegiance that was formed into me in my formative years and I can't see logic past it, but it's in sync forever. Like I don't, I just don't see the point in being whoever else, um, which we don't need to talk to because they're not coming back the way it's again. No, I, listen, I just, I didn't really want to, I didn't, this is not a whole thing. I'm just, I just want to share my excitement with the world. Can make just it a whole about thing. I would NSYNC, like it to so. be a whole thing. I mean, the rollout has been has been a drip, a slow drip at first. I would say when they, was it the VMAs that they came out on stage and everyone was like, <gasps> they came VMAs, out and I mean. But they also have a TikTok now. And they have a, like now they're sort of waking up. They're like, we're lit, we're literally a decade late to the party. But when I first saw them walk out on the VMA stage, I was like immediately, maybe it's just sort of like reunion tease trauma. I was like, it's nothing. Don't, don't, don't tease me in sync. Like, Give us the troll song, exactly. which is great. I mean, I'm I'm a Justin Timberlake. I was a Justin Timberlake fan, and then you know he became yes. very problematic. And so my favorite is Lance Bass because he gives none he of the doesn't. fucks. He's like, yeah, yes. I'm here. Yeah, I didn't know the lyrics of the song. Yeah, I don't. I'm probably gonna get in trouble because I'm talking shit about NSYNC. And I'm like, you He's know, what, Lance. He's the realist. Yeah, weren't they on Hot Ones? <laughs> and now that clip of him on Hot Ones going viral, they're like, hey, Lance. He's like, yes, I'm gay. <laughs> like, yes, I'm gay. If I could just go back <laughs> to my 11 year old self and be like, look at this clip. Look into the future. See this look future. This in the future. Invest in your retirement and look at this clip. Oh, it yeah. makes me happy. I can't wait.
Now it's time for Twice as Hard. While BIPOC individuals often have to work twice as hard to get half as far, the segment highlights a conversation or eye-opening moment for BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, and culture politics. This week, it's about my favorite, Hi. Colin Kaepernick. Some of you may or may not know, um, he used to be a quarterback, um, famously played for the 49ers here where we're repping. Burn is in San Francisco. I'm here in Oakland. Um, I'm a Raiders fan, but it's the whole thing. I can't get into it. I'm heartbroken. But um, this week he wrote this beautiful, powerful letter um, to the New York Jets. They're down a quarterback to potentially be um, like a backup, backup quarterback, help mm. with like training. And his Casually, his friend J. Cole just put the letter on Instagram because J. Cole was like, yo, bro. It's beautiful, bro. <laughs> you should share this with the world. Like, it's important. And so um, that letter that goes to the New York Jets coach and administration, he mentions a couple things on there that I think are incredibly powerful. Uh, Kaepernick says, worst case scenario, you see what I have to offer and you're not that impressed. Best case scenario, you realize you have a real weapon on your disposal in the event you ever need to use it. In either of these scenarios, I would be committed to getting your defense ready uh, week in, week out, all season long, and I would wear that responsibility like a badge oh, of honor. I just feel, it's beautiful. Like so my broken 90s brain saw Oof. like the American flag come up behind him and wave. Now, I don't want it actually to be the American flag because of what Colin Kaepernick has gone no. through, but some flag. Just, it's just, it's That's him it with this It's a flag of himself yeah. with a fist. fist. And his own Nike jersey is the, own, the only athlete who had a, a deal without being an, a right. signed athlete. Exactly. So it's him team. in that jersey. And then like wind blowing yeah. and trumpets blaring. It's just so like. Yeah. There is exactly. like Afro. It's just like flowing. It's really, yeah. really powerful. I mean, he definitely deserves to play. What some people may not realize is that he has been training. So he hasn't been on the field since for, for seven years, but he has been training the same for six years, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. In the weight room, on the field, like as if he is still a paid professional athlete, like right. he's ready to go. And I, I, I do hope that this turns into something for him because I refuse to watch the NFL until Colin Kaepernick can play. Again, and he still has time to do it because the NFL is very problematic, although they are giving and us And thank you for that. Again, with the millennial, like cashing in on the millennial nostalgia. Yeah. Well, we have to thank Jay-Z and Rock Nation for that. But I, you know, I'm ready to be peace up, <laughs> down, down. I, I will watch the, the halftime after. Uh, it's live, but I, and, I, and I look forward to that. But I do hope that um, Kaepernick is in a position where he can play. He has done so many things to... Uh, make sure that BIPOC, black and brown people are supported with mm -hmm. like Know Your Rights Camp, which is something everyone should follow. It's very informative how he is, his foundation is paying for um, autopsies wow. of black and brown people who have been murdered by police. There's education components. I mean, like doing tremendous work and still using his platform, which shows you that everything he did was, yes. wasn't performative. It was just like, hey, I'm a black man. Black and brown people are being murdered by police. I can't. I can't do, do, I can't, this, I yeah. can't, I can't, you know, this national anthem doesn't, it's not yes. for me, you know, um, it's, anyway, so I'm, I'm yeah, definitely it's super powerful. Him. It's also amazing for me to watch him put together such a, like a powerful statement, basically not, not like asking to be let back into the game, but just being like, 
do you understand what you have at your disposal here? I'm offering my strength and my services to you, but also to an institution that largely has shat. He went right. to the Super Bowl. Like largely has shat on him, right? Like this is this is an institution that has turned its back on him and that he has like had to really kind of create from his the, all his own controversy and has created incredible things and is like, I still love the game enough to want to do what I love to do. And like that, to me, it just speaks so much power into like, I'm not begging to be let back in. This is something I'm good at. You can have me if you want to. And I'm also still Colin Kaepernick. Like I'm not, this is not me crawling back to be like, okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna kiss the feet and I'm gonna kiss the ring. Like this is him being like, I'm powerful as hell. But that letter, I do encourage folks to read it. It's all over, but it shows the affirmation, the power he has, and he knows what he's bringing to the table. And no matter what happens, he has that confidence within him. He knows his worth, and it's just a beautiful thing to see, particularly for a color, for a black man. But the opposite of color (laughs) is white. It is. Um, It is science. It's science. And... Science. Um, and one of my favorite segments is Sounds About White. <laughs> yes. This is the part of the show where we highlight a news story featuring the latest in white privilege. Um, this week, it is all about Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm. Now, some of you are like, wait, hey, he is not mm. white. Mm. And that is true. But this is, um, these are examples of how white supremacy shows up and how he's upholding values of white supremacy. So, um, short version, Vivek is trash, um, but I'll give you the details. Um, <laughs> it's trash. He, um, he's in favor of ending, uh, he said, I favor ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants in this country. Sweet Jesus. Okay, <laughs> okay, Vivek. Mm-hmm. And so for people who don't know what the birthright citizenship is, any child born in the U.S. is automatically a citizen. And Vivek said he would not allow the children of immigrants in the country illegally to automatically become Mm -hmm. U.S. citizens. Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Bring in the science. He's a child of immigrants. Look at that. Look at that. Yes. Now, he's he's probably going to be like, well, my parents brought me in legally and blah, 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 or whatever. I'm a child of an immigrant. I'm a child of an immigrant. Immigrants. Hmm. Boom. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, um, this is what we call like um, self-hate. Yeah, deep and intense. That, that's why I love that this segment self-hate. is called Sounds About White, because you can look like a Vivek, mm-hmm. but you can sound like trash. And that is that is the white supremacy speaking out, not just speaking out in this situation, but like he has clearly, like so many folks, convinced himself that if he sounds this way, he is an exception BIPOC and he's an exception to other children of immigrants like that he can we can act white and play white and dress white Mm -hmm. and pander to Republican politics and somehow be safe and we're not and you're not Mm -hmm. above above yes others right and so that's superior Mm -hmm. to hmm, almost like White what is that how that works right the math what? is mathing how's it just <laughs> add that and we know one way to do it is um attacking a press group so immigrants um vivek ramaswamy has also said that transgenderism Great. especially in kids is a oh. mental health disorder it is not compassionate to affirm a kid's confusion this is not compassion that is cruelty that 
is what he said. He continued to say he vows to ban genital mutilation or chemical castration under the oh age of 18. God. We all know the APA or the American Psychiatric Association says that um, diverse gender expressions are not indications uh, of a mental disorder. It yes. used to be that way, right. but that was changed, right? right? And anyone who, who, who feels they've transitioned and it wasn't for them is yes. incredibly rare. I just, so what we see with, with white people, um, also with like the Trump era Republicans is if we control oppressed people and we put policies and practices around them, we can silence them. If we silence them, we can have power and control. If we have power and control, we can be part of the dominant culture. If we're part of the dominant culture, we can mm -hmm. do whatever the fuck we want. And that's what we're yes. seeing in this case with Vivek. So um, I don't know if anyone needs to know this, but like being an immigrant has nothing to do nope. with anyone. Uh, it's literally how, um, it's almost like, it's not, I don't feel like I should whisper it. It's almost like how like, like America was founded. Oh yeah, we don't talk about that. But we don't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we can't. We don't talk about how American was founded and is literally run by, well, immigrants run the engine, many, many engines of this country, but it's, it's best not to acknowledge. I mean, like douchebag white dudes did it for sure that like came from England. We don't have to get... Who, lies, rumors, perhaps. I don't Mythology know. And lore. Somehow America has nothing to do with immigrant people. But like being a, a trans person has nothing to do with anyone's life except for that we create cultures of belonging for right. our trans community. And that's all we need to do. That's our only job. Like Vivek's going to bed like, oh, these trans kids, I can't sleep. It's ruining my life. This how? How? How is it ruining your life when you have supportive parents or caregivers or the, obviously the kid who's being able to feel like they belong within their own self yes. and their own bodies? Like, how, how is this that? Is how just, is that uh, in general, these two things being a part of this person's platform is incredibly confusing to me. Because like you said, none of these things have anything, anything to do with like probably his his like experience of life, the, his comforts from day to day. It's pure hate. And like you said, it's self-hate. And it's it's just useless. That that's what makes me step back from this conversation about about supporting trans kids and even just like acknowledging that children of immigrants and immigrants are full in and of themselves humans in this country. To deny them as such, what does mm -hmm. that do for you? What does that do besides engender more hate? And I I don't know. It's kind of makes me oh, think of like yeah. our discussion about Drake slash Aubrey. It's like are are you doing this just to piss people yeah. off? And like, and is pissing people off the point of your existence because you're winning? But otherwise, like, I, I wish I wish you were winning at a video game and not the sad game of our lives, which is American politics. It just makes you want to barf. It's just power and control, being above the law, not being held accountable. These are tenets of white supremacy, and that's what we're seeing. White people are exhausting. Mm -hmm. White supremacy is also whiteness exhausting is too, exhausting. No, it's not. Oh, being soft, being a soft black woman yeah. is not. It's not, it's the so opposite of exhausting nice. of being yes. a soft black woman. And so it's to close out the show, I'd love to, I mean, yeah, I want to highlight the person who's being soft out there, being a soft black woman, which is Megan the Stallion. Our learning. AKA senior. Tina Snow. Mm -hmm. I do. I do love Megan. She, you know, had a wonderful two nights in Houston. <laughs> Um, with her idol, like losing her shit, being able to, you know, be on stage with Beyonce uh, yeah. for, Renaissance, um, for Renaissance, which is fantastic. But uh, Megan uh, joined the Seize the Awkward campaign 
And it's all about, you know, checking in on your friends and like the strong ones. And so in this check in on your friends, like PSA, which is super cute. I highly recommend people take a look at it. Mm. She says, y'all, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> I've been told uh, I got to be strong, thick skin, stiff upper lip, tough as nails, but to be everything for everybody. Mm. Um, it wears on you. Black don't crack, they say, but it mm. can. I can. We all mm. can. And I just think it's like incredibly powerful for her to say things like, you know, reach out to a friend and uh, no matter, you know, who you are, being vulnerable is what makes us whole, which I think is incredibly important. She wanted to get part of it, you know, this campaign because she's obviously gone through a lot. We've talked about like the whole Tory Lanez shooting thing and that incident and the Drake shit that she also had to deal with and other celebrities were doing similar things. And she just wanted, as she said, um, I just want my hotties to know, let it out, tell somebody because someone does care. I just had to do it. So, (laughs) um, Uh, it's, it's like what a lot of people don't realize is that suicide rates and trigger warning mm-hmm. talking about suicide have increased for black people, according to the CDC, 5.5%, um, in the past couple of years. And Rita Walker, who's a professor of psychology and director of the university of Houston's culture risk and resilience lab. Mm, um, she said, particularly for black people, it's a cultural legacy of survival in the face of brutal circumstances Mm. and we just want to break that down Mm -hmm. as black people in america we have ancestral trauma from the enslavement of people who look like us or were directly related to us as a result of that we keep a lot of things in because we have been conditioned to do that we've also been conditioned by white supremacy to have an air of perfectionism and not be viewed as less than because again it's already twice as hard for us to navigate (sighs) and be in spaces Mm -hmm. And so to have someone like Megan Thee Stallion who is talking about, you know, what she's experiencing, how she's felt and how to check in on your strong friends, Mm -hmm. which is why this podcast is Soft Black Woman, because I have given up being strong. Not for me. Not that. I don't do it. Don't call me strong. Love that. I'm soft. I would like Travis Kelsey to, you know. Rock you like a baby. Give me my food half naked. Sure, I'll, I, he could rock me in another way, but sure, sure. Sorry, Swifties. It's okay. They're Sorry, you know it. he's off the They're market. But <laughs> you know, to have softness and support, and one way to do that is obviously with your friends, um, because we are talking about mental health. If you or someone you know is you know going through some feelings, um, you can tap into Mental Health of America or Megan Thee Stallion's fantastic website, which also has resources on it. Bad bitches have bad days yes. too. Amen. It just, it gives yeah. me a lot of joy to see something like this and how sometimes I, I get a headache about like just the world of celebrity and how entrenched we get in, especially I would say like the traumas that happen to black women and how that becomes it's a circus in and of itself. Like it's some days it's not about Megan's incredible artistry or how hard she works or how like powerful she is how badass she is it's about the abuse that she's gone through through men through other artists and how that's become that is the headline a lot of the time and so you look at someone like megan the stallion and i'm sure like i mean to the nth degree she's being told like you're so strong wow you're so i'm so impressed by how resilient you are and you must be so tough and like the person who you expect to be the toughest in the world telling you that it's okay not to be okay that is so incredibly powerful. I just, I'm like, if celebrity leads to this, then great. Like, let's keep shooting people out into the atmosphere because 
This is this is someone who understands her responsibility to her community, and it makes me really happy. Makes me happy too. Um, how will you bring softness into? Your- oh, I bring softness into most of my days by napping. But today, this week, do you ever? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just being in your thirties. You ever just wake up in your regular bed the way you've always slept, and then your neck hates you. Your neck mm-hmm. just wants to like secede from your whole body. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, same, but I'm yes. in my 40s. So, so even more so. I've, I've had more Exactly, more and so I'm having that kind yes. of week where it's like no matter what I do, my my right shoulder is like suck a D, suck a D. Everything I do, we hate you, we hate you, we hate you. <laughs> and so my softness is in not pushing myself to do my usual like exercise regimens, lay down, go mm-hmm. slow. Like I have this, there's a perfectionist overachiever in my brain that's like stretch it out push it out, work harder, like ignore it. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm going to move slow. I'm going to take painkillers when I need to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a wiggly worm as opposed to like a bad bitch. Be a wiggly flexoril is Flexor. my drug choice. Um, yeah. My muscle relaxer. I, you know, I obviously, you know, I deal with pain all the time. And so the softness part is really important to give yourself yes. some time to kind of recover and heal and not like bounce back. And you're not, you're not, you're not a professional athlete. You don't, that's not how you make your money. You just, you just need to feel good and what you're doing when you're changing the world with all this financial wisdom (laughs) and knowledge. Um, Okay. So, so my softness that I'm bringing in for the week is, is, is actually for the rest of the year. So uh, I've shared before, many of you know, I'm having major surgery and um, the major surgery is going to take me out for a minute. Uh, currently, right now in this moment, in pain, uh, my blood supply is limited to my stomach and my gastrointestinal tract. So they have to go in there. And it's a two-part surgery to like open things up. Um, happy note: I'm, I have uh, I've been able to fit into clothes I haven't hey been able to fit into <laughs> for a while because <laughs> I've lost so much weight. And it's you know. Uh, I got my my summer body um, by not being right. able to eat uh, much Sacrifice. food. So I'm going to do that. And yeah, so I'm, I'm role modeling the behavior of being a soft black woman by kind of shutting things down so I can focus on myself and not even put myself in a situation of being half upright to to do um, this okay. this podcast. But the other thing that I'm going to do, I guess, for softness is it's been a hard week, y'all. I am someone who has major depressive disorder everything is going wrong in my entire life, including the oh, Wi-Fi. It is. It's <laughs> to start our conversation today. Oh yeah. So I'm yeah. Playing being played. And so, um, I always talk openly about depression, but I'm, I'm at the place right before suicidal ideation, which is one of my least favorite places to be. I'm not in suicidal ideation, but it's the place before it's just like, mm. why, 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 why and how, how am I going to do these things? Why everything? And why everything is happening right now? And so I am also preparing myself for, I've never been in a situation where I haven't worked for like mm. a month and a half. I've never, I don't know what that's like. I don't yeah. even know if I can do it. I don't know. But I also want to do it right. So I have like a stack of magazines I haven't been able to read because yes. I've been writing a book and shows that I want to watch. And and so I'm hoping like with having my surgery, being able to eat again and being able to it'll be difficult recovery, like relax that I will be a softer black woman when I come back um, in January of 2023. I love, can yeah, I ask, do so you have, do you feel like you have folks in your life who can remind you to be soft during this moment of like a month and a half where you're going to be challenged to be 
softer than ever. Because for me, when you take work out of the equation for me, I flounder. I'm like, wait, Mm -hmm. work is my identity. Work is what I do. And so I did the spiral. I know. I can't even like organize something as a Virgo. (laughs) Like I can't even do that because my, you know, everything's happening in my, you know, abdomen. So it'll be hard for me to do a lot of stuff. But um, I don't have the strongest support Mm -hmm. system right now. And um, that's something I'm working on with my therapist. I, um, I don't know. It's like a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because I'm viewed as an, a strong black Megan is here. Woman, Megan is you know? with the chat. And so I'm just right. And I was just like, no, 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 I'm, I'm soft. I'm disabled. I need help. I need support. Um, and so I've been thinking about like my friendships, like my family relationships, like what is giving me support? Because all I do is solve yes, people's exactly. problems all day. You know, I have this podcast talking about all y'all and, you know, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love doing, but I give out a lot more than what I get yes. in return. And so that's something that's also making all this harder and the major depressive disorder bubbles yeah. bubbling up, you know, as a result of that. But apparently I decided to have a slogan that says keep being amazing. So. <laughs> well, I think that's part of my softness is like learning to ask for help when I need it, which is the, it's, it's funny that it's related to softness. Cause that is so, that feels like daggers in my eyeballs and like in my soul to when I'm having a moment of weakness, physical or emotional or mental to actually ask and reach out for help. So I could, I just, I see you in that and I acknowledge that yeah. if there's anything, anything I can do. I mean, I'm better. I'm for sure better at it. I feel there's still like limitations too. So, you know, there's of like, sure, you ask, but what if the person doesn't do it? And I will ask, but if they don't do it, then I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm now you're on timeout. Yes. You're on timeout. Yeah, you're on timeout. You have to show up in a different way, and which I think is really important to like softness and support and, and how that shows up. You can't ask an empty cup to fill Smart. your cup. Yeah, absolutely. Or put a little bit in your cup or half in your cup, you know what I mean? And so, you know, those are the things that um, I guess I will probably ponder. Maybe I'll write another book while I sit oh, Don't make yourself work on me. another book while you're chilling. <laughs> Feelings and emotions. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Um, can you tell the listeners Absolutely. how to find I am you? on Instagram at HeyBurna. I'm on all the other platforms at HeyBurna, but I'm the most obnoxious on Instagram. And you can learn more about me and what I do in my book at HeyBurna.com. Thank you. Please follow her, get her book, support a BIPOC author. These things are super important. Congratulations to an incredible campaign of the work that you've been doing, that you've been leading. Shout out to Kat, who's been helping you as well, you know, with doing awesome, amazing things. But um, that is it for today's episode. Uh, And also for the first season of Soft Black Woman. Let's celebrate for two seconds. In 2023. And I get to do it with you. That's so, so, so major. I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, it's just for Sean, my wonderful, <laughs> you like that, Sean? Like the <laughs> background <laughs> boss of the producers. Yeah. Um, and Sacramento. Um, be sure to join Soft Black Woman um, by, let me say that again. Be sure to join the Soft Black Woman Club by leaving us a rating and review on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow the show on our brand new feed. So you want to go ahead and put Soft Black Woman in Spotify or Apple I will pop up. All the episodes will be there too. So you can find them, listen to them while I'm gone. You can think about me inside of my DM. Send me a note. I'll let y'all know when I'm out of surgery so you can give me some softness. You know, look at that. Look, look at me asking, there you putting go. it out there. Advocating for yourself. For support. 
you know, maybe that little food train thing. So get meals sent or whatever. I'll get on it. I know, right? Um, Be sure to follow the new channel. And remember, uh, I'll be back January 2024, ready to to eat and not be in pain. It's so funny. I had, I was at a Saks lunch and this woman next to me was like, why aren't you eating your food? I was like, I can't really eat. Um, uh, cause I have to have surgery and she's like, Oh my God, what are you getting done? And not I was like, the, oh, no, not <laughs> no, not, <laughs> no, no, no. Like rare disease. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm rare trying disease. to stay healthy. That's what, yeah. it's, it's part of my health. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying try to stay healthy. Um, I know oh. I laughed very hard. She's like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, when that yeah, sucks, sucks, right. Baby. Um, so make sure you follow me at change today and follow Betches underscore news on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, until next week, remember to stay soft and keeping amazing. Soft Black Woman is produced by Amanda Duberman, Rebecca Salzmacat, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Rebecca Salzmacat. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails on SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.